back to my podcast, A Chance to Strive, and I am your host, Chance, the podcaster. Um, so basically, as you can tell, there's a new scenery and new background. Um, we actually ended up moving our studio to uh, TD Garden to record, and this is my first time here, as you guys can clearly tell, since you didn't got, you guys are like seeing the drastic change from one episode to the other. And quite honestly, I love it. I can randomly see people walking outside and it makes what I'm doing kind of more interesting. Um, Try not to get distracted by it. It's going to be a thing I try to work on, but I just wanted to reel it in and actually get this feeling. Because if you know about City Garden, you know it's like it's a a huge place. The Celtics play here and a lot of concerts happen here. So for me, this is actually surreal. Just to be able to record them, you're seeing Celtic banners at the exact same time. So I guess that's like a quick little update in terms of what's happening now and the reason why I'm actually here. And I'm not going to lie, this this is taking a moment to actually get it in. But yeah, this actually feels great. I'm not going to lie. Um, so basically, today's podcast episode, we're going to go through a few topics. And for me, it's just topics that I felt like have been pretty important and things that I've been seeing a lot of lately. So we're kind of just going to give you all little mental nuggets, give my take on it. And one thing that I will say, although it's like I love the idea that I know a lot and everything like that. But at the end of the day, whenever I tell you guys something, it is up to you to take it or not. What I preach isn't the gospel. It's just my truth and what I've learned through my experiences so far. I have a lot of life left. Um, I'm grateful to be able to think and process information the way that I do. But at the end of the day. I'm not going to sit here and act like other people's opinions aren't just as valid. Um, So basically, the very first thing I'm going to actually talk about is sustainable growth. Um, And no, I'm not referring to like a corporate. I'm not referring to like a corporate term or anything like that. Um, It's just the idea of like your personal growth and how do you go about sustaining that. Um, One thing that I've realized when you're making a lot of these changes, it's it's nice, right? Like when you're starting, when you get to a point and you're like, okay, a lot of things in my life need to start changing. I got to start doing a little bit more. Let me switch how I do things. Cause clearly this, you probably figured out this isn't working or you've gone to the point where you're just like, it's just time for something different. Cause at times, like I've mentioned at times you do have to change for the future that you do want instead of waiting for the future to become the present and then you're like, oh, okay, now I got to make these changes. I believe you got to prepare yourself for the blessings that are going to come across you. So we'll kind of focus on that a little bit and talk about different aspects of it and how exactly do you maintain your growth when there's so much that you could be doing. And I think that's actually the first issue with being able to sustain your growth. It's the fact that there's so many things that you can change. None of us are perfect. Um, no matter how much you grow in terms of like as a person, in terms of like your age, things are going to work out and you'll figure certain things along the way. But at times you may be stepping into a new chapter and you realize, oh, shoot. So I actually have to still keep on changing and I actually have to adjust my methods and how I go about doing things. And for me, once you're in that state and you realize like a change is needed, I'm going to start making changes because I'm either not happy with myself or this new version of me will serve a greater purpose. It's a sacrifice I'm making to leave the older version of me in the past, but this, there's a reason for it. And it's great in the first few months. Like sometimes you have a whole entire 360 and so many different things end up changing. But one thing we don't actually realize is 
when you do too much, it actually does hurt you down the line. So for me, I went through, I did, I did that 360. So I'm speaking from literally personal experience and what I've actually extracted from other people and things that I've read. But there are ways to go about changing. But I think the thing that scares us the most is the idea that since you're aware of it, you want to change it right away. But at times when you're focusing on your growth, you have to be realistic in terms of like, yes, you can make all these changes and you can do it for a week, you can do it for two weeks, but when life isn't going your way, when a lot of things get tossed on your plate, are you going to be able to maintain every single one of those things? And for me, I just don't think that that's something we can all do. Like you're changing your morning routine. You're going to the gym five times a week and you're telling yourself like you have to hit all of these morning, night routines. I'm going to read a little bit. I'm going to try and jog. And there's nothing wrong with being able to do all of these things. But how often do you come across somebody and they say, yeah, in the past six months, I've changed all of this and I've actually been able to maintain every single one of it. And I think it's just the the expectation we kind of have on ourselves. Am I going to actually be able to maintain this. And a lot of the times we kind of, we lie to ourselves. So we're very honest. Um, I think it's, it's easy to overestimate how much growth you can maintain or sustain just because that version of you that does all these things is actually so pretty. So that's something that's like, it entices you where you're like, okay, so I'm going to do all of these things. But once you get to a point where, let's just say you're not in the greatest mental space, do you think you're going to have the energy to actually be able to focus on every single one of these things, maintaining it, doing things that are on the daily, weekly, or on a monthly basis? For me, I just don't think it's realistic. And one thing that me and my professor spoke about, it's in one of my management classes. So I go to business, a private business school, but we have certain classes where you know you focus on your emotions, growing as an individual, and growing as a leader. But and sorry, I didn't mean to say, but and the thing with that is it's it's hard to maintain your growth because the reason why you were able to be the person that you once were or the person that you're trying to move away from and change change, it's it's not the easiest process, but at times because we've been that person for so long, we forgot how hard it was to actually maintain this individual. We forgot how many times we started one thing, we picked up another. But when you're in that mode, when you're like, you're actually making all these changes, it starts to get confusing in terms of like, how am I supposed to go about maintaining all these things, finding methods to go around it or still adjust when I don't have everything about it figured out yet? Let's just say I want to start going to the gym. How can I make sure that I'm always eating um, the right amount of calories? How can I make sure I'm always doing enough cardio? How do I make sure I'm always stretching? How do I make sure I know all the right supplements to take? All of these things, they take time. And before you start thinking about it, when it is something like the gym, let's take that for instance, it gets expensive. (laughs) Um, At times, you don't realize just how much of your clothes you're actually not going to fit anymore. You don't realize how... Like the burden, the physical burden it puts on you when your body is sore constantly or if you have an early workout, how that may lead you to crashing a little bit earlier. But what if you don't have time at night? Now you're having to get into this mode where you're trying to figure out how all these things works. And at times it's one of those things. It doesn't always work out and it does take time. And I have somebody looking directly at me, like staring from here to all the way over there. But that was cute. I like it. 
Um, but yeah, it's being able to sustain your growth, I think, is an important thing when you're thinking about changing as a whole. Because the bad part of it is you'll, or at least for me, I'll speak personally. Um, from my experience, when I wasn't able to maintain all the growth that I had thought that I wanted to make, so I decided to change about, I changed a lot to stop smoking, was going to the gym five, six days a week. Um, I was working five days a week. And a lot of these things were like throughout the summer. But once I got to school and I have to adjust back to a weird schedule where I'm not, I don't have like a tight schedule every single, like throughout the week. It's more like on a, on Mondays, I'll start classes at 8 a.m. And then on other days, I'll literally start my classes at 11 or even 3.30 at times. How do I maintain everything that I was doing when my schedule is so all over the place? And that's one of those things I realized quickly. I actually couldn't maintain some of the some of these things that I was doing. If I had classes 11 every single time, I could go to the gym every morning or every night. I'd have time to rest. But there are certain times I get out of class at 9 p.m. and then I have class the next day at 8. I haven't eaten dinner. I haven't done so many different things where it's like now I can't go to the gym that night, but I also can't go to the gym that morning. And sometimes I just can't find it in me to go to the gym at all. So I can't maintain those days. And at times I feel terrible. Because it's like, I want to do all of this shit, but how do I maintain all of this when there's so many unknown variables that are getting thrown at me? And I just started, well, I didn't just start the gym. I'm in the gym for like a year or some in some change. So it's like, there are people that take some five, six years to fully grasp this. And now that you're a beginner at something, and I think that's the whole idea of it, right? It's like, you became really good at a lot of things. You were you had experience with it. And now you're doing so many different things where you're pretty much a beginner. You don't understand a lot about it. You don't know the little tips and tricks. It literally takes experience to figure those things out. And it's not, there are things where you can just look them up and search them up, like tips and tricks on maintaining the gym. It works for certain people, but at times it doesn't work for you. So that's the part where you don't get lucky and you can't extract information or little tips and tricks from other places. And when you can't do that, the only way you learn is by just going through the course, just following that journey and being able to maintain it. And it's okay. And this is the part where I'm going to try to be a little reassuring. It's okay that you started a lot of different changes and you weren't able to maintain it. It's not an easy thing to just say, I'm going to change. And every single day of your life, you wake up and you become someone that's very disciplined to these things. Someone that struggles with discipline, it will be hard for you. And if you don't struggle with discipline, it's not like you get a pass because you had to do a lot to be a very disciplined individual, but it benefits you. But someone who lacks discipline, when you're doing all these changes, just make sure you're realistic about how much change you're going to make. And the thing we have to realize is, if you're in your early 20s or some of my viewers are even like teenagers still and some people 30s even, while you're making these changes, understand that you have a lot of life left. You could literally be 40 years old and you have a lot of life left. Let's say you die at 70. You just got halfway through your life. So in other words, you have so much time to do so many different things. So for somebody that's in their 20s, there's so much you don't know about yourself in terms of like the person you're supposed to become. But try things. But don't try too many different things at once because you won't be able to fully grasp the proper techniques or the proper knowledge that you need to actually be able to maintain this. So for me, like the whole not smoking thing, it's one small thing, 
but it does so much. Like I can't hang out with a certain group of people because they're always smoking. Um, I've gone back to like smoking here and there, but very rarely, not as often anymore. But it's one of those things where it's like when I did it and I was trying to go cold turkey to stop it for like over three months and stuff like that. I had to do a lot of changes just for that one. I had to adjust a lot just for that one change that I wanted in my life. So imagine when you're someone where it gets to the, yeah, it's about to be Christmas, New Year's is coming up, you know, New Year's revelations and stuff like that, where people think, oh, I'm just about to become a new person. It doesn't work like that. You have to be realistic and you have to literally sit out and set a plan. It's like, how exactly will I be able to maintain this when I'm happy, when I'm not in the greatest mood, when the weather is shit? So in other words, like all those random variables that you know you may have to deal with, Try to think about it through those lens and see if this is something that's actually realistic and just how much will you have time to dedicate to those things. Like for me, if I, if I set a goal where it's like, okay, I'm going to start reading more, that's not a bad goal. But if I say I'm going to start reading a book every month, I barely read. Do you really think I'm going to make such a drastic change and be able to maintain it out of nowhere? It's not a thing I like to do. A lot of the times when you're making these changes, you feel like it's needed. It's not always something where it's like, oh, this is something I've always wanted to do and I get the chance to do it. The gym, it wasn't something I was in love with. I grew to love it when I seen what it was actually doing for me, but it's not a thing where it just works. So that's one of those things where you just have to be really realistic about. When you're making all these changes, I think um, another thing to highlight is the idea that there are going to be these moments where nothing happens. Like when you're making a lot of changes, you want to see the benefits of them. But at times you don't. So for me, it's like when I stopped smoking, I didn't really see any benefit of it. So it's kind of like you get in this mindset of I'm making all of these changes. One second. So you get into this mindset of I'm making all of these changes, but there's no benefit to it. Why am I doing this? Why am I killing myself over maintaining some shit that's not going to really benefit me in the, in the long run? But you have to understand when you're growing and you're going through changes as a whole, there's a still period, a moment where you don't see any benefit for what it is that you're doing. But it's not until that habit and those disciplines kick in where you actually maintain it, then you get to reap the benefits of your labor, I guess, your change. But it is one thing that's crucial to understand and to always be cautious about because it is something that gets a lot of people to go back to the things that they used to do or the person that they used to be. I know I've done it. <laughs> um, I know there are certain times where I've tried to make certain changes, but I didn't really see how it benefits me. So I kind of just took my foot off the pedal because why am I going to kill myself and make so many sacrifices for something that's not even that beneficial? Like it, it logically even when you say it in that manner, it doesn't sound good. It's not until where you put your little thinking hat on and you try to think about the future and you're like, okay, but this is where I want to get to. If I maintain this, it makes me a better person to be able to achieve this. So now it's like you have to connect your changes to the things that you want to see happen in your future or else What's your why? What's your reason for doing this? Like your reason for making these changes, it has to be stronger than the reasons why you were doing these things anyways in the first place. And as you go through all these changes, one thing that I found very interesting was the idea that um, it was one of my professors. He kept on talking about this thing where it's like educating the whole person. And I don't even, I didn't really understand what that meant, but it's kind of like if you... The way for me to break this down is like, think about a jack of all trades and someone who's just a specialist at one thing, right? 
The jack of all trades is knowledge to a lot, but he doesn't know everything to its fullest extent. But somebody who decides I'm going to have, but then you compare that to uh, someone who's a specialist where it's like they, fo- they prioritize this, they focus on it. That person, let's just say they choose to live a simpler life. I'm going to focus on two of the three things in my life and I'm going to try to become, to try to extract the most knowledge that I can about these topics. When you're that person that decides to have a simpler life, you're educating yourself for what matters to you. And like I said, I'm, what I, whatever I say to you guys, it's not a gospel. It's just my opinion on certain things. You have to make the decision on the type of person that you want to become and the proper steps that will get you there. I feel like a lot of times one thing that a lot of people go wrong with is you think that you have to try and be like other people because they are exactly where you are. I'm not going to sit here and say success isn't, it's not, isn't something you can't, you can't replicate. It is. But at the end of the day, in terms of like how you go about getting to somewhere, it's not going to be the, you can't just follow blueprint and get to the exact same place that somebody else has been. Yes, you may follow the same plan, but at the end of the day, the routes you have to take, a lot of these things, they will be different. So it's more so it's like, you can get the advice, but you have to decide how do I adjust it so that way it works for me in my situation. So for me, educating the whole person is about, is this idea where you have to learn as much as you can. You can't become someone who's bland that doesn't really know a lot about what's going around them and you only know two to three topics. And I'm saying this works for certain people. There are certain people in their fields, I'm pretty sure, where they are the best at it. But you talk to them about a few different things and a few different um, topics and they literally probably won't know much about it. But it doesn't matter to them because this is their priority. This is what they wanted to focus on. They wanted to dedicate their life to becoming this person that's very knowledgeable at this topic or at this subject. So that's, that's fine. But for me, I feel like when in your early days, you don't know enough to make a decision on the person you want to become. Whether you know it's like, oh, I want to be a jack of all trades or whether you want to be someone who just focuses on a few things and you just want to get really, really good at those things. Both options work. But I think as an individual, you have to figure out which route actually fits you more, what actually makes you happy. Is it focusing on the same thing day in and day out? Of course, there's probably a lot that it entails and it's probably something that's very complex. Or are you someone where when you learn something very new and and you never heard about it before, it gets you excited? If you're that person, it's probably more likely that you want to become a jack of all trades, which means educating the whole person where you're not just focusing on certain things. But you're trying to learn as much as you possibly can because at the end of the day, one thing that I've realized is all things to a certain extent are connected, which means I could learn something about astronomy and it applies to psychology. I could learn something from uh, my philosophy class and it applies to economics. A lot of these things intertwine. So when you're someone where you try to, in your early days, I would suggest that you try to learn as much as you can so that way you can make the decision whether you want to be someone who constantly learns a lot of different things and if being a jack of all trades is something that actually really entices you. Or do you want to be the type of person where I'm going to focus on this and this is going to be what I want to be known for? A lot of people in their fields that are very well known for it, they didn't focus on a lot of different things or else you wouldn't really have enough time to dedicate your whole entire life to become someone who's a trailblazer within your field. So for me, I think educating the whole entire person is important because you're not always going to know which route to take. So having the most amount of knowledge that you can possibly extract, it only helps. 
I don't see how learning so much could become a burden. The one thing I'll say is now you'll have a lot of options. What if you start learning a lot and you're like, there's so much that I could do? Well, then you get to be grateful that life is offering a lot to you. A lot of people don't have that option. There are certain people, it's not the fact that they didn't want to be jack of all trades, but in terms of their interests, it was pretty simple. They just folk, they cared about these few things and that was it. Some people are made like that. You know, It's not a bad thing at all. It's just when you're building a team, like think about it, it's like if you're starting a company or something like that. You're gonna you're gonna want to have certain people that are managing um, the people below you, where it's like they know a lot, right? But you're gonna have certain managers where you need them to be very, very knowledgeable about certain subjects. Which means they may lack the other knowledge, but if you put them in a position where this is what's required of them, then they can thrive. So that's my whole entire point. Was like it works for people. It's just it's about the fit. Right. So it just depends on what type of person do you want to be? Do you want to have a lot of people coming to you for advice? Well, if that's the case, you probably should be more lean. uh, You probably should be leaning towards being a jack of all trades, because if a lot of people are coming to you, what they need from you are going to be very different. So how can you become someone that adds value to every single one of those employees or team members that come to you and that ask you for something? So it's kind of like. It really depends, and you don't know what your life is going to look like. And like I said, if you're 40, you may have half of your life left. If you're 20, I think it's okay to try to learn as much as you can, and then a year down the line, you decide, okay, I want to prioritize this. I want to focus on this. But the beautiful thing is your extra knowledge of everything else that you learned along the way before you made the choice on what you wanted to focus on, it's only going to help. I don't ever see how knowing so much could hurt. Unless it's bad information and you're letting that affect your personality, but we're being a little bit more realistic and talking about more on the optimistic side of things. Another random thing, right? This is about dealing with people in general and the level of effort we put into getting to know everybody else. So this also applies to the whole team thing, being someone who's who's a jack of all trades. We have a lot to offer and you can easily try to find common ground between people and have certain discussions or certain conversations about certain things. For me, it was this quote. It, was, it wasn't really a quote, but it was this lady that we got to hear speak, and she was a very important lady. Like, she ran the Obama campaign and all of that. My professor works with, like, one of my professors works with CEOs and everything like that, so he's very knowledgeable and he knows a lot, which helps because he brings a lot of leaders in front of us that Give us their take on what it means to lead and become like the best version of yourself. And I thought that was really interesting. One thing that she said, I think her name was Betsy. I don't remember the last name. It might be Betsy Myers. I'm not 100% sure. But it's this idea that she, she brought up was like, can you make anyone in front of you interesting? And I was like, no, sometimes people are just hella boring. And I don't want to actually waste the time on actually talking to these individuals. But... She had a different take on it, and she was like, you should be able to make anyone that's in front of you interesting, or else you're not asking good questions, or you're not paying enough attention to the person. Because I think it's really rare to come across someone and have no common ground at all. When it, when it came to me, right, I was that person in high school where it was pretty easy for me to make anybody in front of me interesting. Why? Because I was a jack of all trades. Like I was that cool kid. I was on social media. And cool kid, not in the school itself, because I didn't really like a lot of people I went to school with. But in terms of like being known in my name, being something where it's like, oh, you're da 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 from Facebook. I was like, yeah, I had a little Facebook club back in the day before I dropped it. But um, 
yeah, it was one of those things where I could relate to a lot of people. I was that cool kid on social media. I was kind of popular. I had a pretty good personality. I'll say I wouldn't say I'm someone who's like funny, but I'm entertaining when I'm around the right people. There's certain people I just get around them just like. I don't really see the point of wasting my energy on them. And I think that's an important thing as well. Yes, be able to make anybody in front of you interesting, but know the people that you shouldn't waste energy on. Because I think I see this all the time where it's either in relationships or certain random friends. You're around these people, but they don't really bring a lot of value. And conversations with them normally don't go nowhere. But still, because those people serve a purpose for whatever reason, for whatever that reason may be for you. So you decide to put up with it. But back to what she was saying, it was like, you have to be able to make anybody in front of you interesting. I don't think it's possible to come across someone and find absolutely no common ground. And if you start coming across a lot of individuals where you feel like there's absolutely nothing we have in common, I think that's an issue. Um, I don't normally speak on like the professional side of things, but being someone who's going to walk out of college pretty soon, that's going to have to be my thing because it's going to be a big part of my life. But it doesn't make sense that you're going to go into this world. You're going to go work at a company. If you want to search your own company, that's fine. You can be the boss, but you still have to deal with people below you if you want to be a good boss and set a culture of that's welcoming and that's very communicative where people listen and they prioritize each other. You have to be the person that kind of puts your foot down and you set that and you set that tone and have everybody else follows it or if you're working for someone and you're working as part of a team are you going to be okay with the fact that there's a lot of people on your team you actually you can't say anything to like y'all have nothing in common at all you may be okay with that but for someone who for someone like me who values connections and truth and being able to build bonds with people that's not something that I'm okay with because it means the way I affect certain individuals will be limited because I don't know them well enough. And that's why I've always tried to learn the weirdest shit. Like, I'm taking astronomy, learning about stars. Hate it. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. But now I have enough knowledge to talk to somebody that's really in love with this shit. And the thing is, I don't have to know a lot. That's their thing. But at least it can become a conversation where, hey, let's talk about what are you interested in. And I'm like, oh. Astronomy, what do you really like about astronomy? I took a class there. Mm. Oh, really? What's the most interesting thing that exists in the universe? Black holes. Really? That's great. How do you feel about a star's revolution? Um, There's just so much. I don't want to talk about astronomy because I could say something and it could be completely wrong. I suck at that class and I'm struggling. But (laughs) I think it's just one of those things where it's just like the more you know, the more connections you can build. And when it comes to the business world or just the work and environment world in general, just in your professional career, the connections you built are the biggest. It's, it's the most important thing for your future. I'm not saying your knowledge and everything you know isn't important, but you're going to be limited if you're trying to do a lot of this shit by yourself. It just doesn't work or else everybody would have figured out on their own. That's why a lot of the times you see co-founders, you'll see people build up a whole entire team or you'll just see entrepreneurs not have any employees at all. Like they'll start companies and they're like, oh, I'll do everything by myself. It doesn't work. You'll need like, let's just say you're a cool kid. You're very outspoken. So you're someone where it's just like your vision and your ability to be able to portray these things is up here. Right. But when it comes to the numbers, not the greatest at that. You didn't go to school for business or anything like that. So you're going to need to hire an accountant that's elite at the numbers and not what they do. 
All right. You need those books balanced. Um, and when you have somebody auditing you, you want it to be someone that's really good. And people that normally go within that field, I'm not saying they have no personality. That's changed in terms of like how business schools operate now. But a lot of the times you're finding people that are going into this and they're okay with the fact that they don't have to talk to people much, that they can get to be in a cubicle, focus on their work and nothing else and go home, repeat it the exact same, repeat it the same way the next day. Somebody like that is probably not someone that's going to be as outgoing or a lot of the times it's not someone that's as outgoing. So you have to be able to find a way where it's like, how do I find some common ground to be able to better develop a, a relationship with this person? How do I find the time to understand this individual? So I think for me, it's like just dedicate more time to your interpersonal skills. Like you have to be someone that's capable of creating these bonds and creating these relationships because you never know what's gonna, what down the line looks like. For me, it's like I've met certain people when I'm at networking events and I'll try to talk to certain people. There are certain people that I've even gotten them to be part of my LinkedIn connections just because we both dressed up really nice and I talked about his tie. He talked about my suit and that was like, okay, we developed the bond literally just from talking about that. And he's someone that works at a very prestigious firm. And at any point, if I know I needed it, I have that person I can call and, hey, how do you think I'll be able to make it in here? And one of my, um, I guess I'll stay one of my, I'll state, I'll talk about one of my interviews that made me realize just how important it is for me to be able to actually build these connections. I had an interview at Ernst & Young, which is one of the t- big four, and that pretty much means like top four counting firms in the country. And I worked there, right? But during my interview process, um, it's actually kind of interesting how it went because I felt like I had such a huge leg up in it. Sometimes I don't like the idea that I am put in a better position than other people, but I did put the work in. I was going to every networking event my freshman year. Like I'm talking about like every networking event that was there, I was that was happening, I was there. It did not matter. So for me, it's like I cared about being around people a lot. I cared about meeting people that want the same future, that have the same aspirations as me. And at a certain point, I started to get to know a lot of people from Ernst & Young, from EY. And during the day that I actually had to interview, this is how I went. It actually was pretty interesting. I think I walked, I knew someone. Okay, that part comes towards the end. Let me say that part towards the end. But for me, how it actually ended up going was I had my interview. I had to go in and it was a pretty big it's a pretty big company. Their office is huge. So they assign you someone that kind of takes you from interview one to interview two. Um, I reached out to a few people from the firm. I was like, hey, I'm about, to, I'm about to have my interviews here. Do you have any advice? And somebody told me, yes, um, focus on customer service. Your, your ability to be able to talk to people and deal with people, it's something that we love. So especially if you were a cashier, it may not look like nothing for here, for what we do. But it's the skills that you have from being able to do that that we're looking for. The whole idea when you go into a company is like they don't expect you to know everything, but they do expect you to be someone that they can invest in that that will pay off. In other words, everything we give you, are you going to find a way to give it back to us? Are you going to invest it back into the company? They're willing to invest in you. They'll pay. A lot of schools will pay for you to get your master's. They'll have you part-time while you're trying to go for your PhD. But the whole idea is that you're going to bring more value to us. So for me, when I was, I was like, I'm going to interview, what should I do? They were telling me things. And after my first interview, it went pretty well. The person ended up going to my high school, which was great, right? It's 
like this is the whole thing I'm talking about common ground. Like one of my my second interview was also somebody from my school. And believe it or not, both pretty much both interviews, we talked a lot about my school. And they were laughing, they were smiling, even forgetting about some of their questions, asking about which dorm room that I lived in. But my whole entire point for bringing that part up, it's like, oh, y'all went to the same school. That makes sense. It does make sense, but it's the power of having such a profound common ground where it's like we both went to Bentley University. We got to experience this for four years. We know a lot that it entails and a lot that it comes with. So there's a lot that we can talk about. It's a way for us to better develop this relationship. It was easy for us to get along, learn things about each other. Oh, is this dorm room still there? And of course, I'm not going to lie. I lied through some of it. They will name things that I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I'm going to go along with it and just agree with it. Like, why would, why would I want to negatively impact myself? It doesn't make sense. But midway through that, I think is the important thing that I wanted to bring up and what happened after I got through the interview process. Midway through my interview, before I went to my second one, there was some downtime to kill to let the person get ready for their next interview. And one of the people that, I, one of the people that I've, one of the connections I developed within the firm, he actually requested the person who was chaperoning me. He was like, hey, I want you to bring Chance here so I can talk to him after his first interview. So, hey, how did it go, Chance? That was your first interview. I was like, it went pretty well. It was like, and my, by the way, this is like a white guy in his probably 50s, 60s. So it's not the fact that he's white. It's just the fact that his age and where he came from and the fact that he came from a different time, things were very different. And you wouldn't expect someone like that to be able to invest so much in me or care that much and go out their way to do some of these things. I'm not saying if you're of that color and nothing like that, you're not nice. But for someone who doesn't know me, we don't share the same background. You're not aware of majority of my story, but you're still taking a chance on me because I made a I made a pretty good impression on you. It just speaks out to how amazing of a person he was because he chose to take all those extra steps to try to be there for me. He was literally like, okay, your next interview. He gave me advice on exactly the type of questions I was going to get asked, how I should answer them, which experiences I should prioritize. And it was one of those things. When I went to my second interview, it was the easiest thing. Like I literally flew by that, flew by like it was nothing because all the advice he gave me, it prepped me to not even be nervous about my second part of my interview. And then after that, I hit up somebody else that I knew from the company. When I tell you I was networking, knowing people helps, especially people that, especially people that are behind doors that you're trying to walk through. Right. And then after my interview ended up happening, one of the um, one of the people that I worked there, another one of my connections, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I think the interview process actually went great. Um, I feel really good, but they said they'll let me know by tomorrow, by Monday. It was a Friday when I interviewed. And he was like, oh, no, Chance, don't worry, you got it. I was like, I, I just finished my interview. I'm not really sure how it's going to go yet. He was like, no, Chance, I promise you, you got it. I was like, why do you sound, I appreciate, I was like, I appreciate the, the faith you're having in me, but why do you actually believe this so much? And he ended up telling me that he's actually in those rooms where, they're going through like he's one of he's on he's one of those people where it's like there's a team of people where it's like they go through interns who they're going to interview give a shot and when they were going through the, those names for applications and he seen mine he was like I want y'all to look out for this person and people are kind of like of course they'll say why but people will trust advice from people that they know 
So when he said that, a lot of people probably were like, oh, this probably seems like a good kid, made a good impression. If someone we trust and is so great at what they do is saying, they would like to see this person at our company. So he was like, yeah, Chance, I, I literally told the company I wanted you to work here. And I was like, okay. Uh, I had faith, but it's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to get too cocky and then things end up not working your way in your life. You have to deal with that disappointment. I was like, okay. It means I have a great chance with somebody else could have outdone me in the interviews. I don't know how it went. I know I did pretty well. I felt like I went pretty well. But you just never know how you stack up to the competition that you have. I didn't because I didn't get to see those people. And yeah, literally that Monday I found out I got the job. And it was probably at the time the highest paying job I've ever gotten. To be able to make like, I think it was $27 I was making. But this is in like 2020. Now, it's nothing at all with inflation and shit, but in the prices of everything. But 2020, three years ago, well, about to be four years ago, and you were making $27 an hour as someone who was 19, 20, bro, that that felt pretty great. But I think that's the whole reason why I'm saying it's like, become someone who's very, who's very knowledgeable. So that way you're not limited to the amount of connections that you can make when you walk into certain doors and when you come across certain individuals. Because who you know really dictates a lot about your life. Which is why people say it's like, your friends are a representation of you. It's not necessarily like, oh, you're the exact same person as your friends, but how much value can you extract from those people around you? If it's not much, then unless you plan on being that person that stays around bums and you're somehow motivated constantly and not let them affect you, then that's kind of what they're getting at. It's the idea that these people can't invest anything in you and their influence isn't a positive one because they're not where they should be or they're not doing the things that you're trying to do in your own life. So for me, it's like, speaking of that, it's like, that's why you have to drop a lot of people. I've, I've talked about this, I'll briefly mention it, but don't become stagnant with your growth and the people that you're leaving behind. I know it's scary to have to leave people behind and say, it's like, hey, I want better for my life and have to do better. And at times it's like, we think we're abandoning those relationships, but at times we're just, if you want to look at it in an optimistic manner, I know sometimes people literally get pissed off at you. They don't understand your vision. They don't understand the reason why you're leaving them. They call you fake or like, you think you're better than us. That shit happens. And it's just, it's just what comes with growth and leaving people behind. At times you outgrow people and you have to keep it pushing. I can't become stagnant because I want to keep you and maintain you in my life. I'm not saying you have to completely pull away from those people. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that they shouldn't be your day-to-day friends if they're not, if you guys aren't as passionate. And it's like, you don't have to do the same things, but it's like, are you guys both motivated to continue and keep pushing through whatever journeys y'all are dealing with? Because yeah, my the advice they give you might not apply directly to how you go about doing the things you're doing. Bro, what do you do when you're cra- when you're stressing so much and you're trying to not experience these cr- mental crashes? Oh, um, I try to go to the gym. I try to do X, Y, and Z. Um, one thing I found is like being able to actually do 15 minutes, take five minutes break, 15 minutes, five minute break. It actually is very helpful, um, especially if it's something that's really challenging. Because every single time you come back with those five minutes, at times you have a new way of looking at the problem. That's very beneficial advice, but. If you ask that to someone who does absolutely nothing, they, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a nine to five, but let's just say they work at a level that's beneath what you want to get at. Let's just say someone working at McDonald's. I'm not shitting on anybody working at McDonald's. 
right? But let's just say someone working at McDonald's, but they don't take it seriously and they only do it part-time. I have to find a way to not make this look like I'm hating over when I work at McDonald's. I, nah, I never worked in fast food. I'm not. I hated the idea of dealing with food and dealing with people when it comes to, came to their food. People get hangry and they take it out on you. And I'm not really dealing with that shit, so I'm all set. But for me, it's like someone who's working at McDonald's part-time, you don't care about it that much. You're not really trying to move up. So it's not where you are. It's where you're not trying to go. That's the issue, right? And then someone who's working at an accounting firm and one day they hope to own their own company. When you're thinking about that, that second person, right? Do you think that they should constantly be hanging out with the person that works part-time at McDonald's and doesn't want anything to do with it? Like they're not trying to build wealth. They're not trying to be successful. They just, they lack passion and they lack vision to see where they want to go. When you're someone that doesn't lack these things, why would you want to be around someone like that every single day? There's nothing wrong with, yo, it's time to get lit. Let me, let me relax a little bit. Let me try to enjoy it, celebrate. Those friends are great for that. But for me, I just don't see the purpose of maintaining and keeping people around, maintaining these bonds and keeping people around when they're not really doing much for you. So for me, it just doesn't make sense. Maybe I've became too obsessed over my growth and my development, so I'm not, I don't really care about whose feelings I hurt and who I leave behind, but the reality of it is I have to prioritize me and I can't let other people negatively impact my future and my progression. Because you don't get those times back. Yes, I'm saying you have a lot of life left, but every single time you choose to ignore something you know that's good for you, yeah, one day you may get to that point where you start applying and you start making these changes, but you will regret how long it took you to make those changes because you know about it. When you have some revelations where you never knew this, it might have taken you some time, but it's a little easier to deal with the fact that it's like, I didn't really know much at the time. Now that I do know it, I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to apply what I've learned. But when you're ignoring everything that you've learned, like you know these people aren't good for you. You know doing X, Y, and Z isn't a great thing, but you keep doing that shit. You regret it down the line because you're like, once you do start doing it, you start seeing how it benefits you. You start thinking, why did I wait for so long? But if you are in that situation, don't beat yourself up over it because it's like, there's a lot that goes into making big decisions. Just knowing it isn't enough. You do have to be someone that's very disciplined. Like I've mentioned multiple times, I'm maintaining the gym and going to the gym just for the fact that I want to be more disciplined. So I started doing this to be more disciplined. And then along the way, I realized, yo, I actually love this. It actually makes me happier. It makes me look better. I feel like my skin is always thriving because I'm maintaining my physical health. And when you're focused on your physical health so much, now you have to worry about the things that go into your body. Why? Without a good diet, it's really hard to maintain anything you're doing physically. So it's like, oh, I'm getting tired. Oh, let me take my magnesium. Let me take ashwagandha. Let me take sea moss. Um, all these little things just start popping up. In, oh, let me take B12. Um, there's a lot of things that randomly pop up in your head where you're like, oh, I have to do this. It's like, oh, if I want to look a little bit bigger throughout the whole entire day, I should probably take some creatine, which has so many more benefits to it. But one of the things that it does is like it allows water to flow through your body a little bit more. So you look a little bit more pumped. You know, if I was on creatine, it probably would have been a little fuller. I'm just saying. But at times you have to choose to do things that benefit you as a person and that add on to your growth. And when you're around people that aren't willing to do those same things, like I said, you're not going to be able to do everything alone. But by going, it's, but I started the gym on my own. I didn't really have that many people around me. But the more I started doing that, 
the more I was able to see, but the more I was able to seek others that did the exact same thing. So at times it's like, you do have to drop some of those friends to pick up new ones. For me, I dropped a lot of my friends. I stopped chilling with them. Even if I stay in contact, like random say something, it's not, it's not bad blood. It's not like I hate those people. I love them and I, and I am waiting for the time where they start to make certain changes and take their future seriously. But everybody works on their own timing. Some people took life seriously at 30 and got rich in their 50s or got rich within five years later. So everybody has their own clock. And if yours is ticking a little faster than other people, not like time is passing by, but just the, how quickly you want to take things, you have to step away from those people that are taking things a little slower because they will slow down your progression. I promise you, as much as you think other people don't affect you, what you see every day and what you see very often, it becomes very normalized. You start thinking like, okay, this is, this is a reality that exists and it's okay because so many people do it. When I was smoking a lot, like it got to a point where it's like, if I look back at it now, I'm like, nah, this was, this was shit. But if I'm around some of my friends that smoke a lot, their reality of that is, that's not bad at all. We just getting let, you feel me? So it's like, the people that are around you, they make or break how you perceive things. And I think that's the most important part that you have to pull out of prioritizing people around you. You're not always going to have it all figured out. Like I said, sustainable growth is being able to maintain that it comes with time and it comes with experience. You're not just always going to have all this shit figured out. It takes, like, you just have to be very strategic in terms of, like, be able, like I mentioned earlier, plan out things that you want to do for your future. Plan out the steps that, the decisions that you're going to have to make, the changes you're going to have to um, take to get here. But, if this is a five-year progress that we're looking at, year one should prioritize a few different things in comparison to year two. Not that you drop everything from year one, but now I'm not a beginner at these things, so it's a little easy for me to manage it by picking up something that's new. It's like you add on to yourself, you get used to this, and then I'm like, all right, what's the next thing that I can start um, applying now? Okay, let me apply this. I'm already getting really good at this other stuff. Let me now start working on some. Let me now start working on something new. Something that's gonna apply, something that's gonna make me a better person, but it's not gonna bring me to a point where I'm not able to do well, so I start feeling like a failure. And I think that mental thing we have where it's like, oh, I can't maintain all of this, and why can't I do it? I did it for the first few months. There are a lot of things you can do for a few months, but not a few years. It's just not as easy as it seems. So it's just something you have to get used to. One thing I wanted to say is happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, be grateful for everything that you have the life that you have, we're very grateful to have it. A lot of people are not in the position that you are. No matter what it is that you're doing, no matter what type of situation your life is currently in right now, somebody out there probably would trade their lives to struggle with what you're struggling with. And that's kind of been my biggest reason as to why I try to be grateful for everything that it is that I'm doing. Because as... Annoying as things get um, in terms of like problems, issues that you that come along with certain things that you're doing in life. Yes, some of these things get frustrating. It pushes you to be depressed and all of this shit, right? But some people are depressed for having nothing at all. And they don't have an option. They don't have a choice. Somebody's homeless. Somebody probably lost all their family. And for me, at times that made me a little out of touch with my emotions because I didn't want to feel bad if someone out there is dealing with worse you're entitled to your emotions and how you feel. How things impact you doesn't, the magnitude of what impacts you doesn't have to be on the same level of somebody else, um, of something else that affects someone, somebody else. So for me, it's like, 
just know that you have a lot to be grateful for. You woke up. Somebody didn't. So the, the simplest thing that we don't even think about, just the idea that we breathe. Some people on gas tanks. Some people can't leave the hospital. Some people are in comas. You're in a better position than a lot of these people. And I think at times we just have to take a second and let it sink in that we do have certain things to be grateful for. Not everything is as bad as it seems at times when you take a look at what other people are dealing with. So for me, this is my part of the podcast, since I know it's like a little Thanksgiving episode probably, to remind you guys to be grateful. Appreciate those that are around you. Tell people you love them, especially people that are coming up in age because you will get to a point where you'll regret not taking, not dedicating more time to that conversation or getting to know that person more, asking them more about their stories. My mom had me at a pretty late age, so I had a lot of those um, family members that were a lot older than me that ended up passing away where there's a lot about their life that I don't know. And I wish I had known them because of the amount of love I have for those people and the amount of love they expressed to me and gave to me, the way they nourished me, the way they aided my growth and added on to the person that I and added on to help me become the person that I am today. A lot of those people, you won't get the chance to speak to them again. So remind them that you love them. And I know, especially if you're someone who's like Caribbean descent or um, somebody of color or just have a grandmother where it's just like she likes to talk about the things that she see that's wrong. Or just people that are, once there are certain people, once they get to a certain age, they love nitpicking shit. All right? Don't be frustrated. Sometimes those people, they're nitpicking what you're doing because they know they won't be around their whole entire life to see you fix all these things. So they're trying to make sure it's drilled into your head. So even when you want to forget it, you don't. And I'll tell you that always prioritize with people with more experience than you tell you. Because they were once in your shoes and didn't think this mattered or didn't think this is true. They got to a point in their life where they realized the value of it. Right? So in other words, in this moment right here, you are no different than them for saying this doesn't matter. So you're, you're right. For right now, this doesn't matter. But later down the line, you'll get to a point where this is crucial to your development as a person. There's a lot of the things that my mom have told me that I didn't listen to. And then I regretted it. And once I dealt with that, I was like, All right, I'm not going to do the same shit over again. When I'm listening to her, I know that she doesn't always know everything that I'm dealing with. But does it hurt to have access to more knowledge? It doesn't. I may not have to apply this, but if I remember everything my mom tells me, there will come situations where I'm like, oh, my mother was right about this. I can apply this. I can be aware of this. So something that can actually be beneficial to me. But you have to do what works for you. What somebody preaches isn't your gospel, isn't, isn't the gospel. You know, it's not the truth. It's their truth based off their experiences. And you have to go through life saying, does this apply to me or does it not? If it doesn't, you put it in your back pocket. You may end up using it or you may have to toss it out the window. That's fine. But you will come across certain things where you're like, oh, I didn't think I need this. But I'm like, yo, my mother was really right about this. I'm glad I have her voice in my head reminding me of what I'm missing right now. It's just the things, just be grateful for the fact that you have somebody that cares enough about you to tell you something that they think may be affecting you. That's love. Love isn't people just dealing with your bullshit because they care. It's people willing to make you upset by calling you out on your shit because it knows, because they know once you get it and once you apply and make those changes, you become a better person. The people that prioritize your growth, those are the people you want to be around. And sadly, it's like 
you're going to come across a lot of people where y'all have conversations where you don't like it at all. Like, why are you calling me out on this shit? Why you, excuse my language, like, why are you on my dick, right? But it's like, because they care. If they didn't care, they wouldn't say these things. Don't mistake that for somebody who's hating on you and just doesn't give a fuck at all. And they just want to find a reason to bash you to not focus on their problems. Know that if it comes with good intentions and that person really loves you, things are genuine, you should probably listen to them and give them a pass for upsetting you or for pissing you off because they did it because you cared. That's why a lot of the times that mean friend is the one you want advice from because they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Nah, this shit don't work. Instead of somebody's like, well, I see where you're coming from and it's, it's understandable. There's nothing wrong with either one of those approaches. But at times you need a wake up call and the person who's very soft and wants to go around it and gives you like a little compliment sandwich or they try to tell you good things before they give you the bad news instead of that person that just keeps it real, which is like, nah, this shit ain't it. For me, I think you should prioritize those people and be very grateful for them. So know who those people are in your life and make sure they get that low. I'm grateful for you text. Make sure to love your family. I hope you guys have a great meal. Enjoy some family time. And if you can't, because you're part, you're away from them, we got technology. Make those random calls. Reach out to people. It's important. You know? So this is me signing out. I love y'all. I'm very grateful for you guys. And you will continuously be a very important part of my life, even if one day I no longer do this. So that's me saying that this podcast and being the owner of a chance to strive. Um, it's added on a lot of value to my life as a person, not just because of what I had to do, but because of the people that I had to come across. The way I helped you guys, it helped me. A lot of the times I have to go through life and I know I need to learn, 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 learn to give you guys something of value. So in other words, my why for the reason why I keep on pushing and I keep on learning more, it's you guys because I'm very grateful for y'all. So wherever you are currently, I just want to say you will do great. Things may not always seem like you're going to have it figured out, and that's fine. We're not, we're not always going to have shit figured out. Sometimes we'll have a perfect blueprint. We get middle of it, and then everything goes to shits. But just do the best you can. Don't become complacent in your growth. And know that you're worth a lot more than you give yourself credit for. And I'm going to say I'm grateful for being a TD Garden. This shit feels great. I got to get used to people walking around because sometimes I get tripped up in my thoughts. But once I get used to this, I, this is going to be great. And I'm, I'm saying I like this very much, very much because of one reason, right? I'm going to be someone that I think will present a lot in their lives in front of big groups of people. I want that. So I have to get used to the idea that I'm speaking about important things and people can just look at me and I have to get used to it. You feel me? But yeah, this has been an incredible experience to be here for the very first time. Um, and I'm looking forward to everything that I can give on, give you guys and produce for you guys. So, this is insane. I'm out.